Hello, Disruptors, and welcome back to another episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor. This is episode 94 with your host, Bennett Leon, and we have Ashley. Hey, guys. All right. So uh, we are going to have another amazing episode. What are we going to uh, what are we going to talk about today, Ashley? Uh, well, first and foremost, you have to mention that sad news we all got about 10 minutes ago, RVG. Um, oh, how heartbreaking, seriously. Uh, for, if you're a progr- any liberal progressive out there, um, even Democrat, <laughs> you are sad about this. Um, so yeah. And um, then we're just going to talk about, you know, conversations that people have been having lately and um, conversations we've already noticed since this news 10 minutes ago about RBG. Um, and yeah, just another, you know, conversation. I'm excited. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be a great conversation. And we're going to talk about how they're politicizing uh, RBG's death and trying, everyone's trying to make it work in their, to their benefit, of course, the, how politics works and stuff. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, jump in. So let's start off with uh, RIP to RBG. Um, I know that she was a really, really, uh, personally, when I saw it on my phone, I freaked out instantly. Ashley, before I had, literally we sent each other a text <laughs> at the same time. At the same time. Yeah, dude, it was so funny. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, she was freaking out. She's like, I'm about to cry. I'm like, I don't know. I, I've, I'm just really down about it. Um, but I mean, it's because of who she was and how she, who, where she came from, very like working class background. Like I know uh, her husband, uh, when they had their kid, like he had cancer or something mm-hmm. and she still got through law school and paid all her shit. Like that's fucking like, she's like, she basically incredible. did both of their law school homework yeah dude that's what it was yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy dude but yeah she's an inspiration to women everywhere men and women i'm sure uh both well and in the courtroom too um she did amazing i mean she was gender equality (laughs) she is how we got here uh for women um crazy it's gonna be a really crazy time um her service and everything uh it's gonna be nuts and yeah, I think it's interesting they mentioned the timing. Yeah, so very, very uh, interesting timing here, uh, right? Like literally like uh, two, what, two, three months down the road from the election. And yeah. And so, of course, we're uh, anticipating this uh, Senate race to nominate the next uh, United States Supreme Court justice. Um, yeah. But we were just saying that that's not how it's supposed to be exactly so let's let's bring uh, up the the case so since rbg uh ruth bader ginsburg uh died today uh there's a new vacancy right so uh and since the president is donald trump he it is within his constitutional authority to appoint a new one uh, or at least nominate it to the senate for a confirmation there and um that's not at least that shouldn't happen because of what they did to Barack Obama. Well, at least Mitch McConnell and the Republicans at the time did to Barack Obama during his last term as president in 2012. Uh, well, that term, 2012 to 16. And um, from that, they denied Merrick Garland. So if this case, if they do that, 
um, which is a very real possibility that they will push mm -hmm. through this nomination. And Mitch McConnell has shown in the past that he's more than willing to bend the rules to, to, uh, to the benefit of him and uh, his party. So the point is that Mitch McConnell and the Republicans have a very real possibility, but just because they hold the current majority in the Senate to be able to push through that nomination for Donald Trump to be able to get that. And even though precedent and it literally something that Mitch McConnell, like you can see this on YouTube, like this videos of him talking about this stuff, like hard core against Mayor Carlin getting into office or into power. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out, but it's a very real possibility that he will be pushed. Uh, he will be pushed uh, through a nominee. Yeah, we'll see. They don't have very long, so. Absolutely. Um, so but this go ahead. Oh, no, you go. Go ahead. I know you want to talk about this tweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, there's this really cool tweet that I read a few minutes ago um, on Twitter from Ed Markey. And he said, uh, Mitch McConnell set the precedence. No Supreme Court vacancies filled in an election year if he violates it. When Democrats control the Senate in the next Congress, we must abolish the filibuster and expand the Supreme Court. And I think that's really, really, really good advice um, and a great rebuttal to that action if Mitch McConnell and the Republicans decide to go that route, which is, like I said, a very real possibility. Yeah, I mean, this is not the first time that we have heard the idea of um, well, packing the court is what people say, but, you know, just adding more Supreme Court justices and it's not anywhere in the constitution that there can only be so many. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that's like a super real possibility, um, especially if they get another Supreme Court justice and when they denied Obama's. Yeah. I think it's gonna be more of like a political payback type thing. I mean, that's always how it is though. Like, so I wouldn't be surprised. Like they're always trying to get back with each, uh, back at each other. And that's like the whole like dichotomy of it all. You like, um, and then that comes at the, like the heels uh, and we didn't even get the chance to talk about this, but this is huge news. Um, I don't know if I should bring this out right now, but whatever. So uh, the Democrats very recently uh, were caught um, directly like trying to get the Green Party off the ballot in a few states, a few critical swing states, including states like Pennsylvania. Um, what they're doing is, or what they were caught doing was, uh, so the Green Party did everything right, right? So they did everything that they were supposed to do to be able to get on the ballot. But what the Democratic Party did was they actually contacted everyone that signed their petition to get on the ballot and um, they try to get, they got some of them to recant their signatures. So basically like invalidating the, the ballot access for the Green Party. Oh my uh, gosh. In, swing, in critical swing states. So they're doing this ahead of the election because they don't want another like 2016 or 2000 or whatever where the Green Party took away and chipped away at their votes. They wanna consolidate the votes even more uh, to, to the Democratic Party and to the Republican Party. What's crazy to me about that strategy is 
if that is the case, then you know all those people just are not going to vote, sadly. That is probably the case. They're not just going to say, oh, what? The Democrats, they made it so I couldn't vote for Howie, and now I'm going to just vote for them? No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, so, I mean, they were saying that, like, what a, a good amount of them are probably going to do in that case are they're probably going to write their candidate in. Yeah. Know, or they're going to vote for another third-party candidate. Or not vote. Or not vote at all, which is another really real option. But yeah. very sad because at the same time, while the Democrats are literally suppressing the vote <laughs> uh, in this instance, they are um, crying wolf when it comes to the Republicans and the Donald Trump uh, so-called like uh, vote using voter suppression uh, tactics all over the country to, to their benefit, you know? So while they're crying wolf over here with the Republicans, they're literally doing the same thing to the Green Party. And yeah. that's unvary, I mean, no surprise to this audience, of course, I'm sure, but that is an extremely undemocratic thing for the Democratic Party to do. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think that this is a really good segue into talking about the conversations that we've been noticing lately um, and have been having lately with our friends and family. Um, I think that the conversations are good, right? You know, we want to have these, these types of conversations, but a lot of the conversations, at, at least that I've been seeing and I've been having, mm -hmm. um, have been very much um, not really in support of Biden or in support of the Democratic Party, but more like a um, like a fear mongering into Trump being reelected. And it's like, if you, if you vote third party, um, or if you don't agree with Biden and don't vote, vote for him or don't vote at all, then it's basically like voting for Trump. And why would you want Trump to be in office again? We have to vote for Biden. And I like, that's just the regular thing that I'm hearing. And it's funny because I, of course, always respond with, well, I don't agree with Biden. Like I never agreed with Biden from the get-go. And they always respond with that same exact theory as at, in the beginning of the conversation is, well, we need to get Trump out of office. And it's like, that's why we end up with this duopoly where we're unhappy with the current situation and yet we still vote for the current situation. And if people were to just vote their conscience, vote for what they actually wanted, we wouldn't have this situation. We wouldn't have all these people voting for Biden. Exactly. But we've allowed the media and the politicians to scare us into the corner. Absolutely. And, uh, and manipulate us in, into voting for them without them having to actually do anything to get our vote. Um, that's why like the vote blue no matter who like that kind of mentality for voting is self-defeating to say the least but i wanted to I, I thought you brought up an interesting point and i wanted to talk about this uh so a lot of what i hear of like when people say they want to vote for like a third party candidate let's say like howie hawkins in this instance or like george Jorgensen or whatever you want to uh, case you want to use but when you say that to somebody, most people, this 99% of the time is what they're going to say back to you. Bro, <laughs> a third party, <laughs> voting third party is a vote for Trump. So let's talk about this. Because this 
this honestly pisses me off. <laughs> this is me too. It's annoying. It's annoying because like one, they're getting at the same mentality. Like the people that we just talked about that said like the vote in blue no matter who, those are the same people that's saying this shit, you know? And that just goes to that just goes to show. And this is everybody in on in the spectrum. If you're poor, you're rich, they're everyone's blinded you know so um it's pure ignorance is really what it is because if you were to educate yourself on the platform and educate yourself on the third parties the majority of people would not be voting for biden i mean if you literally knew what you were voting for instead of just following the majority of people and believing that if you vote for anybody else besides biden that trump is automatically going to be reelected, and you're automatically voting for trump like then everybody who was going to vote for Bernie would be voting for a different person. They wouldn't be voting for Biden or they wouldn't be sitting at home, not voting. You know, it's like, I, it's crazy to me that people regularly vote for, uh, against their interests. Exactly. Um, but once again, like that, I directly attribute that to the manipulation of the media. media and, yeah. and, and ignorance well, though, like educate yourself. That's big. That's big too. That's big too. Although the media, I feel like is the four, foremost biggest thing that's just like brainwashing people uh, like a lot. Um, but uh, that just goes to show like how easy it is for like, if just as long as someone tells you, like think about like if that's a, the most popular way to do it, like that's a super easy way. Like you're literally getting manipulated by ads. Like that's, I mean, we can even bring up like the case uh, in the Democratic Party of like Michael Bloomberg, right? So he's a billionaire, everyone knows that, right? And uh, he jumped in really late into the race. Uh, he wasn't even on the ballot in some states. And he spent a record number of money during his run for the presidency. I believe he spent between five and $600 million within, mm-hmm. what was it, like four months, six months, maybe. And um, that money got him results. He actually got 10% of the Democratic vote, um, which was basically, I think 10% was like fourth place. So he- Which is all from those ads. Yeah, literally. So, uh, and that's what he, that's what it was. Like, I just opened up uh, the other day, like a a random Bloomberg letter that I got a while ago. I didn't even know I had it. Like, (laughs) also sending me direct mail too. Like I got all the emails. I saw all the ads normally, but like, that's, that's how easy it is for, for people to get manipulated. You know, like they just got to show you an ad. Like you just got to look into it more. You know, I noticed that a lot of people say when they're, when they like a candidate, um, or a particular politician or whatever, they're, they usually say things like, oh yeah, I like the way that they sound, uh, or he sounds strong, or like they use things like that, like symbolic things, things uh, that don't really matter necessarily when it comes to the presidency, because like not only should a president, if you want to use that same example of strong, not only should it, a president be strong, but they should also, because of the president that they're in, be an empathetic being and compassionate um, and a, a collectivist, you know? So uh, those are very important things for the president to do. And just people just don't know that. And like, that's a huge thing. Like civics has also died down in, in the public school systems. Like people just aren't aware of like how 
our system works. And that's why like I created this show. Like I wanted to um, bring this uh, attention to this because it, it's murder what these people are getting away with on a, on a day-to-day basis. And if you guys have been paying attention at all during 2020, it's literally murder <laughs> that they're getting away with. Murder. Bloody yeah. murder. Yeah, I really like the when you were talking about, you know, they people um, when they say that they, you know, are going to vote for a specific person because of things that how they feel about them, you know, being strong or whatever. Um, I also think that uh, another thing that I hear is a lot of people talking about general ideas, like you know, being tough on crime is a, is a typical one. But like with Trump, I think that I, I hear a lot of like, you know, oh, well, he's for, you know, um, law and order. And if it's like, that's such a general idea, you know, like what, what exactly are his plans? What exactly, because don't forget, we are living in a Trump presidency right now. And this is happening, this chaos that he's talking about. So you know, I, it's just funny that they, you know, that's their argument. And like, don't forget, we're living in a Trump presidency. Like, what is he doing right now to help this situation? Um, which is not even a real situation, um, if you ask me. But, um, and I'm, I'm referring to like the looting and rioting and whatnot that he's talking about needing to crack down on law and order. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and then on the Democrat side, I think that a lot of it is like people just talking about this idea of, uh, this idea of tr getting out Trump. It's not even like an actual uh, policy or like an actual, you know, like it's just a general idea. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And so like when you talk about, you know, oh yeah, like, you know, they're really strong or brave. I sometimes I hear people say about Joe Biden that he's just like, oh, you know, average Joe. He just like, he seems like he's, you know, just going to get back to the heart of America. You know, I get that. But the biggest thing that I hear is this general idea that we need to get Trump out. And both of those things, the heart of America and the getting the Trump out, like neither of them have anything to do with policy, have anything to do with what they're going to do to change the current climate you know like they're not actual substance exactly and i mean but that's kind of what joe biden is you know and the democrats are it's just yeah. like a, it's a hollow it's a hollow message they're hollow people you know like they're very fake like they look nice on the outside all shining bright like oh i'm all for you but like jesse ventura has a very like good way to put it like he said i wish i could make politicians uh put like uh like patches or stickers on them like the nascar drivers uh, <laughs> so we could see who who really owns them um That's but funny. yeah yeah so i mean that would be a, a giant list for them. like those girl scout vests or something exactly but like my point was like that the whole democratic party and like the republican party are just full of platitudes you know uh let's nominate like joe biden promised to nominate uh, for his VP slot, uh, for example, a woman at first, that's what he promised. And then it turned out to be a black woman. A black because, woman. Yeah, because of like what was going on with like uh, the whole George Floyd uh, movement BLM, and, BLM yeah. and stuff. So uh, like he barely made any concessions with that. And I mean, it, it wasn't anything like she was the one that the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party wanted in the very beginning, but they didn't get her. They ended up with him. And they still, they're still probably going to get her when he dies, but whatever. 
Yeah. And you know, that's another thing that um, I actually, that's not a, a recent conversation that I've actually had with anybody, but early on um, when he was picking his VP, it, there was all this talk about how we needed to vote for um, Biden based on his VP pick. Well, you know, it's fine because we're really going to end up with whoever his VP is. Um, and I thought that was a really crazy thing. Um, what a what a nuts strategy, DNC. Like, just tell people to vote for the VP. It's all good. You know, like Biden, that's cool because we're going to end up with Kamala Harris. So. <laughs> and, and that's a thing, though, like, because that the, what they like to do and the strategy they like to use is like to hold the carrot in front of us, you know? They like to to say like, okay, maybe one day you'll maybe one day you'll get the VP slot or whatever. Like, uh, we might put a progressive uh, as our VP, uh, like or someone that like actually means something. But we're always disappointed in the end, you know. Like, I don't even know why anyone would even hope that like Karen Bass or whatever would like the progressive the progressive that was well liked, uh, like would get placed there. Like, it makes no sense. And that's the whole Democratic Party. It's like empty promises it's a it's a facade it's a whole facade the democratic i mean the republican party on the other hand i mean they're just shitty all around and then they lie about their opponents calling joe biden for example a marxist and a leninist and that's what they that's when i hear current people tell like current republicans and stuff like right now tell me oh yeah like joe biden like i'm voting against that because he um what is it something with the cabal um the cabal is not uh he, yeah but he was um they didn't want any part of that you know so that makes no fucking sense they're calling him like i said a marxist a Leninist. yeah you want these things that's it's just not true you know so um that's the other side of the coin when what's going on with the Republicans. But the point is that they're both shit and we need a new system. We need new answers, you know? So that's something that yeah. I think that. Well, and I think that I was, I, I'm glad that we mentioned the Republican party too, because I don't want to seem like we're just like dissing on the Democrats. Um, Cause you know, it's, it's the duopoly in general, but yeah, I, th with the, with the Republicans, it's definitely, it's, it's funny because it's fear mongering on both sides, this, this election cycle, you know, but um, with the Republicans, it's also just a, these, like you were mentioning empty promises you know, uh, we did an episode recently about Trump talking about the military industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And it's so awesome, you know, that he talked about that. But <laughs> let's idea. be real. What has he actually done? Is he getting us out of the Middle East? No. Is he, you know, it's like he's bombing. He's still bombing, you know. So it's, you know, all of these empty promises are exactly what it is. And it's just... I'm happy that I'm, I still consider myself fairly young to have realized this uh, in my voting years that neither system is working for us right now. And if we continue voting for things that we don't want, we're going to continue getting things that we don't want. Um, and that's just common sense. Exactly. You know, so um, I think it's a great thing that you mentioned that because like Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And we're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And there was this meme that I'm reminded of right now that I have, I wish I, I'll see if I can edit it into the video, but I hope I find it. But basically it says like every election year, right? A listed uh, down 
and it says like in 2000 like um we'll get a more progressive person next time uh and then we'll we'll and then the same thing next year like well uh we're definitely gonna get them next time let's just vote blue no matter who right now let's uh win this is the most important election ever same thing 2008 2012 same thing they're telling us every election is the most important it's do or die like <laughs> every single one and that's the carrot that they're holding you know that's the carrot we're talking about so it's just insanity what people are doing and they've been doing this for decades but at least people are waking up to it like you can see people are waking up to it mm -hmm. and that's promising but um it's not enough it's just not enough to be honest but either way guys just make sure you vote it's the biggest thing voting has actually started in a couple of states mm -hmm. um a few states so uh don't forget to vote guys make sure you're registered you gotta start getting getting in on my spiel again bennett <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so i mean i think this is a great place to wrap up anyways uh so uh yeah go ahead um let them know where they can find us all right, so, um, well, about voting, you can go to rocktovote.org. That's a great place to figure out all of your voting information. Um, but for us, you can find us on basically every single social media platform. Um, we are on Facebook, we are on YouTube, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, we are, have a website where we post articles on WordPress, and on all of those platforms, you can search the Oligarchy Disruptor to find us, or the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast. Exactly. So I'll wrap it up here. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ashley and I, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys.